0: This is the professional, a new podcast brought to you by Profmed. Understanding that the professional of tomorrow is ever changing, we're introducing the new thinkers, doers, innovators, and trailblazers who paint the future of what it will mean
1: to be a professional. (laughs) It's a familiar scene: a young couple deeply in love. They want to get married one day, settle down, raise a family. Their parents are thrilled. Their friends can't wait. The bride-to-be is already imagining her dress, picking the music for their first dance. But there's something that needs to be settled first. Something that might stop the marriage if their families can't work it out. An age-old tradition that's been around for thousands of years. But has it moved with the times? Yes and no. Lobola, the bride price. It used to mean at least 10 cows changing hands. A gesture of friendship and gratitude from one family to another. But when last did you see a young man delivering a whole herd of cattle to his prospective in-laws? For most people these days, paying Lobola in real cows isn't an option. These days, cows have been replaced by cash. And the result some families see it as an excuse to cash in to agree to an arbitrary sometimes exorbitant sum of money before the wedding can go ahead so what is a love-struck couple to do they want to respect their traditions their culture but they don't know how much ten cars will or should be worth by the time they tie the knot And in the big city, their families can't buy or tend their own herds. How do they save enough for the future to make sure that when the time comes, they've got enough cows in the bank, as it were? Connectivity expert Patizo Malinga thinks he has an answer. A system that respects tradition and avoids the uncertainty of volatile markets all based on the internet of things. Maybe your
0: father doesn't have to buy you 13 cows. Um, maybe he can just buy you one cow and, and you take care of that cow and, and you grow that cow. And what technology then allows us to do using things like blockchain, things like cryptocurrency, things like um, um, IoT, we are able to even outsource the growing of that cow to people who know how to do this very well. So now we can create a stock exchange that actually exchanges stock. <laughs> um, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, we can create currency um, that, that is based on a value that we can see, which is cow versus money. And, and we can create an entire closed ecosystem that
1: is lobola centric. And what kind of world would that be for a young couple in love? I'm Bongani Bingwa, and this is The Professional, a podcast from ProfMed about how the world of work is changing in new and surprising ways. In this episode, we're talking to a man who gets machines talking to each other across Africa. We're getting to know a crazy new world in which computers can run your house, do your job, and even help you pay Lobola. And we're asking the question, Are the robots coming for our jobs? When Patizwa Malinga was a young boy growing up in Swaziland, the internet was only just becoming a thing. And the internet of things? It definitely wasn't a thing. Back then, Patizwa imagined himself becoming an architect, teasing out form and structure and order with pen on paper. Um, I, I discovered that I could um, draw and
0: I could, I could show people my drawings and they had a vague idea of what I drew. <laughs> just <laughs> Not a, just a little stick, man. Absolutely, which is a big plus. Um, and, and, and I was very excited by engineering. I was excited by what technology could do in our world. And at the time, as you rightly put it, technology was something that we experienced
1: via electronics. A few years later, while Patizwe was still tinkering with new tech, he got interested in form and structure of a different kind.
0: DJing appealed to me because it, it brought about a combination of art and and logic, if you want to call it that. If you listen to the grooves and the beats um, on, on, on one album and trying to match them with another album, and very much... Um, what appeals to me is, is when there's this confluence of art and science and, and, and
1: what it creates. Patizwe didn't end up becoming an architect or a music DJ. Instead, that interest in electronics he had, it grew and grew. And it guided him into a whole new world of gadgets, tech, and things
0: that talk to each other. Fast forward um, today, I would never have imagined um, anything that I do and, and, and anything that I, I, I think about would have been what we do today. This
1: idea of gadgets and devices talking to each other, it's called the internet of things. And IOT is exploding. By 2020, more than 30 billion devices are expected to be connected to the internet, to us, to each other. The guy who we think coined the term the Internet of Things back in the U.S. in 1999 actually prefers to call it the Internet for Things. Less catchy, but probably gives you a better idea of what IoT is all about. It's basically a giant network of connected devices, things that are able to share their experiences or, in other words, their data with other things. Your smartphone is part of this network. So is your laptop, your PC, your tablet or your smartwatch. Got a Bluetooth mouse? Yep, it's also surfing the Internet of Things. But IoT is about way more than phones and computers. These days, it's moving into almost every sector. Manufacturing, healthcare, transport, agriculture and your
0: own home. I have a sensor on my door, and every time somebody opens my door, I get a message. That sounds very simple, um, but imagine having that on a farm um, where the gate that, pro- that protects your prized livestock is five kilometers away. All of a sudden, that kind of information is the difference between you having an amazing um, Elant or not.
1: Imagine an evening in the not-so-distant future You're just arriving home from a long day at work. As your electric Uber drives itself away, you walk in and the house comes alive. The curtains open, the lights come on, the temperature is perfect despite the warm summer's night. A little robot is cruising the hallway, hoovering up dust, and the smell of roast chicken wafts from the kitchen. And all of this is happening without you having to lift a finger, not even push a single button. Welcome to the average smart home of the future, where more than 400 gadgets are connected to its main system and to each other. And they do virtually everything for you without you even having to ask. We're still a way off from that reality, but that's where Patizwe and his company SquidNet come in. Patizwe is SquidNet's Managing Director and his company is building an IoT connectivity business that he hopes will help drive innovation throughout Africa. We are a connectivity network.
0: Um, We are a network that is dedicated to connecting things and these things are IoT things. At its most basic, um, we use technology to try and improve the quality of life. And I extend that to being um, about increasing the life expectancy of
1: Africans. Patizwa doesn't just want to kit out your smart home for you or make sure your company isn't wasting resources. His mission for SquidNet and getting all these smart gadgets talking to each other is way wider than that. And the example he uses to explain how the Internet of Things can help drive innovation and progress in Africa? Happy socks. Yep, socks. There is
0: something called the theory of disruption. And the theory of disruption says um, that a company um, will innovate its products um and must innovate his products because the expectations um, of the market that it serves increase over time. And and a great company um, uses technology to surpass um, their 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 market's expectations. Um, but most companies just try and keep up with expectations. What that translates to from a from an African context um, for a market that doesn't have. Um, as much value to offer Such companies um, It means that um, These companies cannot focus On improving their products To also meet our needs They have to keep on chasing Their current market um, um, A person with, with happy socks Expects um, better happy socks Next year um, An African child just expects socks <laughs> And the price of happy socks is is, is Means that they can't you know, participate in the happy socks economy. The disruption theory then says um, new entrants into that industry are the ones who will start addressing what I usually call the unserviced market. The unserviced market is one, let's use the happy socks example, that just needs socks, not happy socks. And the new entrant will build these socks um, to, to as cheaply as possible to service this market that is previously unserviced. But using technology... Right. they then improve these socks to probably a point where they start disrupting the actual happy socks. Um, and they start being appealing to the market of actual happy socks wearers who start thinking, hey, this is a bit cheaper, it's got the same patterns, um, and I don't have to pay for that brand. Um, when it comes to Africa, what technology offers us, this this, this fourth industrial revolution, IoT um, Whatever whatever exponential technology we can name is it gives our school leavers, our young entrepreneurs, the people who are looking to adult and find a new um, purpose in life, the opportunity to start servicing this unserviced market with very basic products, nothing nothing fancy, but use then this technology to start improving it in such a way that their, their product may become appealing even to the mainstream. And I think that's the leapfrog that we speak about when we think about
1: Africa. Obviously, though, disruption isn't all about socks. Patiza believes the Internet of Things could prove to be super useful even in uniquely African and South African contexts as the world moves into what's been dubbed the fourth industrial revolution. That's the name being given to this huge change we're already seeing in the way we work and live, thanks to disruptive technologies like IoT, artificial intelligence, robotics, and virtual reality.
0: The first industrial was really about um, labor. It was about, you know, the strongest guy on the block, you know, um, had job security. The second um, um,
1: Industrial, Industrial
0: Revolution. Revolution really brought about managing that labor. We got to this point where we needed this labor to do far more than what one individual could do. The third Industrial Revolution has been the beginning of the computer age, and we started seeing knowledge. We started seeing knowledge becoming pervasive. We have it in our phones. We have it in our pockets. Um, some argue that we have more computing power in our pockets than we had to send the first person to the moon. I think the fourth industrial revolution at that high level is about moving from having knowledge to managing knowledge. So so jobs that were knowledge intensive, where you had to go through rigor to get knowledge passed down from professor to student, things like law, um, you are now going to find professionals having to shift how they think about what they'll do when they start adulting, which is rather than managing um, the scripts and the and the best practices and previous cases to, to one where you start managing the knowledge and making the knowledge do far more.
1: Okay, so we're already in the beginning stages of the fourth industrial revolution. But we still don't know exactly what that means for you and me or the next generation. We do know that opportunities to earn a livelihood are going to open up in a whole lot of new and unexpected ways. Yet at the same time, as technology advances and the more menial tasks are taken over by robots and automation, the number of actual humans needed in the workforce could drop dramatically.
0: So depending on which side of, let's call it the collar fence you sit, um, if you're a blue collar, I think I would encourage you to up your skills and get yourself a new kind of um, focus. And of course, if you're on the white collar side, Um, you're probably going to move from doing to managing.
1: But also, there are lots of decision-making type jobs that uh, we rave about today that might also become automated. I mean, it's not as simple as saying it's the blue-collar guys who are in the firing line. And that is
0: true. I mean, um, um, I I usually say this to our company secretary, who's a lawyer, (laughs) (laughs) um, to say, um, if you're not nice to me, I'll replace you with a blockchain
1: (laughs) robot. Jokes aside... Just how big is the threat of being replaced by robots? Again, there are no clear cut answers here, yet. In the best case scenario, the fourth industrial revolution will usher in major transformations in the way we work, meaning happier people doing good work and an improved quality of life for all of us. But if it isn't properly managed, the risks are very real. Mass unemployment, growing inequality, widening skills gaps, an almost doomsday scenario. No wonder everyone is worried that the robots might be coming for our jobs and even perhaps for us. I think um, um, Hollywood has blurred
0: the lines between reality and fiction. And and when it comes to things like technology, they have put this notion into our heads that um, um, robots can be humanized or can be human. Um, I don't know if I believe that now or in a hundred years. Maybe I'll be wrong in a hundred years. But one of the thoughts that I ran through that that put it very crystally clear for me was: um, Could you teach a robot um, to be a mother? And 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 that social aspect of human beings, that connectedness that we feel um, as we as we try and make the species survive, is something that I don't believe a robot um, can. Can, can master in the way that a human being can master.
1: So the robots aren't going to be raising our kids for us anytime soon, but they are going to be an integral part of the next generation's lives and our own. Patizo and SquidNet are trying to forge new low-cost connections between man and machine that help us in our daily lives and fit the African context. The solutions they work on can be very simple or very complicated and the problems they're tackling can be brand new just like the take they use or steeped in tradition and that brings us back to where we started the story of a love-struck couple trying to figure out a way to pay lobola i thought as an african
0: um a from a from a traditional point of view you know we think about lobola as 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 something that needs to be modernized, um, but, the, but the traditionalists don't want it to be modernized, but, but yet technology marshals it on. Technologies come in because we've replaced these cows um, with money because money is convenient and money is a technology. Um, but what does that mean then in terms of our values or in terms of our culture, especially um, because the macroeconomic factors mean we can't dictate the price of um, our currency. So as a young man going from 18 to, say, you get married at 30, how do you save if your currency may be devalued by the time you get 30? Um, do you save double? Do you save three times the amount?
1: Right, because um, once upon a time, 10 head of cattle were physical things that you could touch and feel. Things. If that price goes up or down uh, in a world that's uncertain what does the future look like? Absolutely. And and you can measure the value. You can touch the
0: value. Um, what the Internet of Things allows us now to all of a sudden do is it allows us to track our livestock. The people that were trying to track the livestock, we're just doing it from a, is the cow pregnant or not? You bring it to Africa, we think, can this thing tell us where the cow is? And now we're moving into this world of saying, oh, wait, we can prove there's a cow. That means we do not have to save more than if you need 13 cows to get married, I, do not need, I just need to save 13 cows. But then we can complicate that and say, can we use this technology
1: to grow our livestock? And that's where Patiza's idea of a literal stock exchange comes in. This approach of his, to find ways of harnessing the Internet of Things to solve uniquely African problems, he believes is just the beginning. What he really wants to see is the continent developing its own version of Silicon Valley focused on big data instead of computers. How Silicon Valley came
0: to being um, was about knowledge. And a, a computer can process data and therefore can process knowledge. And that's why we have that, that, that construct called Silicon Valley. And, and, and Taiwan and everything in Asia... Um, um, used and, and leapfrogged their industries um, to create things like Silicon Valley. In the fourth industrial revolution, it will be about managing that knowledge. So it's a world where it becomes one where your ability to creatively um, navigate through unstructured data unstructured big data and find meaning and find patterns, patterns that improve the quality of life um, will be the creation of the new Silicon Valley. So when I think about Africa and I think about us trying to solve our problems, we, through necessity, um, are exposed to and can see and can connect things that a person from a developed world can't connect, and 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 so we'll see the birth of I don't know algorithm valley. What's the what's the unit of measure of an algorithm pattern pattern
1: valley? The exciting part about this IoT revolution is that it's already starting to happen. Patizo has tons of examples from how the Internet of Things is helping hospitals save millions of rand simply by monitoring their water usage, to how a device that was meant to monitor cattle water troughs is now being used to track the migration of baboon troops. But one of his favourite stories, one that makes his eyes light up, is that of a young boy in Kenya's capital, Nairobi, who has a sibling who can't hear properly. Uh, And that sibling um, struggles to communicate
0: um, with his family. Um, Luckily for him, he has learned Sign language, but his family hasn't, and so he finds himself being being the conduit um, for his for his um, sibling. And if he's not there, his sibling struggles to communicate. And um, this individual exists today, and he invented um, a technology that translates sign language into voice, into speech. Um, and I think the difference between that boy and us growing up is. This is the only world that he knows. It is a world where the context has been a challenging one and the technologies that he has available to him have been abandoned. And I think when I think about our children and where they're going, um, they don't have the hang-up. They, they will be the natives of 4IR, where we struggle to understand what is possible. That's all that they can see based on
1: on the problems that they live with every day. That kind of organic growth, an approach to problem-solving with a distinctly African flavor, that's the kind of innovation Patizzo wants to see more of in South Africa and across the continent. And the only way for that to start happening is for the Internet of Things to take hold. In the years that we've
0: been in business, we've we've tried to ask ourselves what at the most core of it what can you not not have for you to have the Internet of Things? And we've kind of come up with a, a phrase that we call the ABCD of IoT. Yes. And that is because we think at the very, the very least that you should have is you should have an application to view the data, backend to store the data, connectivity for the data to get to you, and then some kind of device that you attach to the asset that will generate the kind of data that makes you – Make a better decision, whether you are a manager or a, a, let's call it civilian.
1: And for Patizwe, this drive to get to grips with the ABCs of IoT has always boiled down to one thing: the amount of happiness
0: um, that you can you can generate once you master these tools, and the and the things that they can do, um, not just for an individual, but but at, at a aggregate and exponential um, 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 breakthrough, um, I could see the potential of. And
1: it's that potential for happiness that Partizo believes will help change the world. You've been listening to The Professional, a podcast from ProfMed about how successful South Africans are helping to redefine the world of work in the 21st century. introduction to the new thinkers, doers, innovators, and trailblazers. Paint the future of what it will mean to be a professional. The Professional is a new podcast brought to you by ProfMed.
0: We understand that the professional of tomorrow is ever-changing.